gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. What's up everyone? Welcome to another episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. And, it is a bit, and it's been a very long time since I've said this. I am your host today, the king of kayfabe, the modern day Maharaja, and the man of 1004 seconds, David Hockney. And on... <laughs> that is not what the nickname was. Uh, well, there was a typo in Sarah's name, so I, uh, I just rectified you it just for just beefed yourself up. <laughs> uh, and today, we're discussing uh, one of the marquee staples of WWE history. We're going to be talking about the history of the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, but before we get into that, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to our show on iTunes, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. And make sure you're following us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. And don't forget to check out our brand spanking new website and subscribe to our newsletter for every uh, all the details, all the information regarding shows, interviews, and other articles written by the team. So, now that that's been taken care of, let's introduce uh, our kingdom. So... <laughs> That's a stretch. <laughs> I'll use the term lightly. So, it's more like Disney. <laughs> uh, up first, uh, he is a man who we would argue is the king of uh, the ESSR kingdom, but has now finally found his queen. But just like Rocky Balboa, he'll always be punching. It's Stephen Wilson. Oh! Oh! Do you know what? I'll give you that one. Oh, yes. <laughs> well done. But, um, for anybody who wants to know, David thinks he's the 16.73 minute man. When in term he's just over a minute. So that's a good day. That's his tender profile. How are you one how are you one hundred and four? One thousand and four. I'm sticking with it. The uncircumcised failure. Oh, <laughs> what uh, what conversation did I miss? <laughs> Last week's intro for him. <laughs> Uh, up next, uh, he is a man who, as of the f- May 3rd, he is now the king of three rings. The engagement ring, the wedding ring, and now the suffering. It's Alan McLucas! <laughs> <laughs> the suffering's going hard. <laughs> Ego doesn't listen to this, does she? Otherwise she would not that. give a flying fuck at what I said, man. The slaves had it easier than I did. <laughs> you know, he's only listens to this show to hear Alan get slacked. <laughs> she doesn't even listen. It's great, I can see my lot and next up, uh, we decided for this panel we needed our own macho king. Someone who has skills inside the ring and a very charismatic personality, but Cav wasn't available. So instead we've got our own savage king in Strack. What is this thing at Cav better than me? <laughs> what world? <laughs> Uh, thanks very much, David, for yeah. yet again digging intro. Do you, know, do you know something? Every time somebody says Calf wasn't available, I message him saying, listen to this, but Calf, he's like, just get me on. <laughs> so maybe we should. Strax, sorry, you're fired. He's not doing it, he just sitting his bike and driving about. Uh, next, we have a man who will probably claim he is now King Midas with the Golden Touch after winning the ESSR Championship this past weekend, but. Right. I think he should change his name to Joe King because you've got to be joking me! It's Ross McLeod. Fucking hell, you were three for three. That was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Play the game. Yes, I am champ eventually. Only took me about 30 sweeps to win one. Can you run? Uh, don't. Fuck. If I rigged the sweeps, what makes you think I'd let you win about five of them? Okay, Ross. Five exactly. Five exactly. Five times! Five times, like King Booker. You've been working four times. Crackers with the same thing, I'm all that. See a title, do you want to put it down for three seconds? 
And finally, we have a man who, not like Alfred the Great, because he never burns his baked goods, he is the man with the king-sized cable package, it's Kwaku Aji. Yeah, but thank you very much for that, David. I'm very excited to be on the show, so yeah, thank you very much. How uh, are you guys all doing? You ready to discuss uh, some King of the Ring? Yep. Yep. <laughs> sure, why not? All right, then uh, let's Let get into it. anyway. So, just to sort of start the conversation off, the... Uh, the King of the Ring tournament has been an annual staple of WWE's uh, programming since 1985 and has been running all the way up to 2002 as an annual event, bar 1990 and 1992. So I'm just going to start the discussion off. I'll start with you, Stephen. What was your sort of fondest memories of the King of the Ring tournament? Uh, I remember it as being uh, the, the bar, I think, for um, knowing which wrestler was going to be the next big thing in the company. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about it a wee bit later on, but the best memory I think of the King of the Ring was the Stone Cold speech, the 316. Ah, the mm-hmm. Which was <coughs> brilliant. But uh, it was up, you could always just, it was something you look forward to every year, kind of like Money in the Bank these days, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Ross? It was actually one of the first ever wrestling videos I owned. It was a double pack, it was Capital Carnage 98 and King of the Ring 2000. The first one I ever got was 99, King of the Ring 99. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible winner there was that year. I've seen double box it. It's absolutely smashing. It really was. <laughs> That's why, I generally I've watched that 2000 King of the Ring. I didn't need to research it for this week, it's embedded in my brain. It was like, why did you pick Kurt Angle? Because I watched it 4,000 oh, times. To be fair, that, that year's tournament was stacked. Oh, exactly. That was... Full cannon, running stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Got to the quarterfinal. How the heck? Maximise your minutes. No, it's David that apparently claims he does. <laughs> yeah, very, um, very good. But I, I just, I loved it. I liked the fact that, like, they didn't do it the year of edge because of the invasion angle, but you know the winner used to go into SummerSlam to get a number one contenders match. It was always like the step before the world title. It was always like a stepping stone for people. Billy Gunn unfortunately didn't get that stepping stone. You know what we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I was wondering when you'd bring up uh, Mr. Ass, but uh, Alan. Yeah, kind of echo what the guys were saying. You know, you got to see the next mid card or who's going to be the next guy. Um, and you look back, they had a really good run. Up till about the millennium from 96 right through, Austin, Triple H, Shamrock. I just forget Billy Dunn's <laughs> angle. You know, so it was, it was really, really good. And, you know, three of them are, you know, bonafide, are Hall of Famers or will be Hall of Famers. No, actually, they are actually all Hall of Famers. Billy Gunn is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> not his own, right? Not Shamrock, but yeah. But um, yeah, they're really strong and it sort of made a lot of their careers. And it was really exciting to see at that time because. Not only that, a lot of times he had really good matches in the build up, it was a great pay per view. And although you might have had the, you know, the, your pick one, you wanted to win, win it, but they could certainly get it up to the semis or the final, and it was some, always a good, good show to watch. Yeah, I think the gimmick itself, you know, that sort of was a sort of key factor, in, especially in sort of the, the golden era of when the tournament was ran, because, you know, that was a time where usually a lot of really sort of vibrant and eccentric characters would be the ones to sort of really get over. Uh, Strat, what did you? Th- what was your impression of the whole King gimmick being a sort of cons- constant throughout WWE's character picking? Some of the guys, I mean, you seen them when they took the King of the Ring, like when Billy Gunn won it, he put the wee crown on the lips, which was quite funny. When you seen his gear, you seen also Kurt come out with the, the crown and the, the things like that, and then you seen some guys 
I think Booker T, honestly, that, that didn't sell. Really? I what? Like it. Really? I like it. But it was, what? He had William Regal every week just going, Long live King Booker oh, for about five just, minutes oh, straight. The worst one was Seamus with that weird mm-hmm. Game yeah, of Thrones crowd. Yeah. Like, what is that? I quite, I quite like the Seamus gimmick. Oh, <laughs> it was unique. So it certainly was. I'll explain later on why I liked it, but I thought it certainly wasn't the worst one. Not by a long shot. As Stephen said, Nancy, the, the great thing about the tournament was you got to see people you thought were up and coming. And they, it was kind of, I think back then it was kind of Casey, go out and see what you can do to prove yourself to move up and move up. Because I think a lot of the tournament's decisions were kind of made that night. I don't think they basically had the plans out four months in advance going, you're going to beat him, you're going to have him, you're in, and that's going to be the winner. I think the movie went, his match was really great, his last match was really great. Do you want to see the guy get in the final way? Get to him because he's been, he's been bombing it all the way through this. And you get matches put together randomly, which were brilliant. It was it 2002? RVD against Eddie Guerrero. Yep. Was a, a qualifier, and you're like, ah, why is this not in the actual tournament? But you see why RVD was in it just for Brock Lesnar to throw him a bit. <laughs> but it was a, it was a really good concept. A building your next guy. I mean, look done for Edge. Mm-hmm. Edge yeah. was hilarious. Come out with a big hockey trophy. The Stanley Cup. Yeah. It's a shame he never got a crowd. I think he would have done one. It was like the most local. And low key victory ever. They just yeah. won it, and then you see them backstage talking to Christian. I think the invasion kind of obviously overshadowed, overshadowed that. But I think Edge is lucky that later on he became champion. Like two for five years, he sort of kind of floundered in the mid card. It wasn't he really a stepping stone that it should have been. You know, he did have his injuries, of course. But see, when he turned heel though in two thousand four, I think that was his sort of that was the beginning of his main pursuit because yeah. he had multiple world title matches in that two year time frame. Yeah, obviously he had multiple matches, but he never won it in 2006. Mm. You know, he never filled the potential that the 2001 win should have gave him. You remember the pop that when he cashed in Money in the Bank as a result? That was that was cashed on Cena. On Swallow could have cashed on Cena and got a gap reaction. All right, so uh, <laughs> talking about the the tournament itself, as you remember, Jack, you brought up the qualifying matches and stuff. Do you think having the the tournament concept to determine? The king, rather than say just a match between two people, or say like a, a round robin format. Do you think a knockout tournament is probably the best format for it? Stephen, I'll start with you in this one. Yeah, I actually thought it was a really the concept of it was great. I mean, at times it felt quite rushed because they did a lot of tournament matches on the night, but I I, I thought it was it was really well worked because you kind of got I like I'm a good big fan of tournament wrestling. I, don't, I think they should do it a lot more often in, in WWE and. When you seen the kind of brackets, you were just trying to. It was great to try to get an idea of who the matches were going to be. I mean, Strack, you talked about the first round matches. I mean, in 2000, in 2000 when Kurt Angle won, two first round matches were Jeff Hardy, Christian, and Matt Hardy, Eddie Guerrero. You know, in the first round, you know, in a tournament that had Crash Holly and Bill Buchanan in the quarterfinals. So, <laughs> it was just the unpredictability that you'd throw down. It's just the unpredictability that you'd throw down. It was the Hogan Andre, so it was the irresistible force made the immovable object. But you got, you got some weird ones. It, it, you got some weird scenarios like when. Um, when everybody's favourite in this podcast, Mabel. Yes! Uh, Gary Kellyhan representing. When he won it, and you got like Undertaker was, went out early on in the tournament. That, I mean, that tournament. Well, you get Taker going out in the quarterfinals, you get Shawn Michaels going out in the quarterfinals in a draw, a tiny little bit draw, and Yokozuna goes out to Savio Vega. I count out. Who was the one on hard baseball slid? I think it was X Pac or one to three kid and actually knocked him out. That was the one. That was when he won it. Was that the one? Aye. That's when he won it. You see a story later on as X Pac was like, I actually get knocked out. 
Now the very start of that, he drop kicked me that hard, he actually knocked me out. <laughs> oh well. Aye, so, uh, <laughs> no, I'll just let you guys talk there. Um, but yeah, the the event got turned into its own pay-per-view in 1993, and it's, uh, well, since before then it was untelevised, and as you mentioned before, Stephen, like, the whole tournament was sort of aired on the night. It was, it was kind of done to help boost him shows, initially, mm-hmm. to try and to give a guaranteed uh, money, dri- money driver, and because it was doing so well, that's why they decided to make its own pay-per-view. It's weird, though, because they never mentioned people being the king of the ring, but... They just all of a sudden gave people the king gimmick, so it was like King Harley Race and the Macho King and all that. You know, when the years they won it, well, Macho, no, Macho King he won the honour from like somebody else. Yeah, it was getting was it? It was getting yeah. passed around like the twenty four seven championship almost. <laughs> Macho King gimmick. The Macho, the Macho King gimmick was about two years after they won it. Jesus it's like a tournament. It's a it, it's one night. The winner is the king. Don't, you can't defend it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, having the in sort of. Like I said, around the millennium time, the, the tournament was sort of stretched over about a month long, rather than sort of say later tournaments, which were mainly secluded to either just one taping. Do you think having it month long was probably the best way to do it, or do you think one night's probably best? I'm a fan of the one night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I didn't like yeah, the one night. I, I, felt, I thought it was quite rushed. I get with the whole month thing, you're getting a lot of people a lot of chances, but for something that's impactful, King of the Ring. You want your next eight up and coming guys, or maybe four up and coming guys, and four of your top guys going in it one night one or three so it gives more of an impact more of a pop fest um, for me it just makes it much more exciting to watch as well easy to follow the story yep. yeah modern WWE pay-per-views are usually about 10 matches each so surely you could do I, I like the idea of one night that the guy has had to overcome three people to declare himself king don't get me wrong you can do qualifying matches on non Smackdown to narrow it down to eight but you know do the four quarterfinals do a rushed match in between to give the guys a break, do the two semi-finals and then do two big main event matches and then you have the final. Like two world title matches? If you want that, or you know, two an Intercontinental and a US title, if you want to give the world champs a night off and make it more about the king of the ring crowd. I don't think that having it all, this week's the last 16 and then next week's the last eight. And then next week's the last four, and then the final will be hit. No, that's rubbish. I, I think it, it, the drag's on, and you actually lose interest in it. You lose that. interest, and you forget who's in it, and then it's. Yeah. Do, you think it should, do you think it should build more to a pay per view rather than just say like an episode oh, of Raw? Oh, definitely. It needs to come no, back. It, 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 it shouldn't just be a random episode of Raw or no, when Wade Barrett run it. It was just a random network special. So yeah. it's built. For me, growing up, we all talk about the big four pay per views Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. King of the Ring grew up for me was the fifth one mm-hmm. and it should be that and it needs that because that mid-summer bit mm-hmm. in between Mania and SummerSlam that's when everyone knows the WWE drops putting that you know sort of May-June time to pull, up, pull the crowds back in get a bit of a push that's what WWE needs and they should if they, if they do that especially with the threat of AEW at the moment it's going to hurt AEW because mm. they don't have any like yet something as well obviously Alan mentioned the, the lull after Wrestlemania you know, there's been years gone by where the likes of Extreme Rules, although it's stipulation matches, you're like, oh, it's Cena who's just won the title for The Rock, he's not losing it tonight, but, you know, it's like, it's obvious, Matt, you know, Kane's not beating Daniel Bryan after he triumphed over three members of Evolution at WrestleMania. You know, don't put the World Championship on the line the first pay-per-view after it. Make it, like, like I just said, you know, have, say, the women's tag titles and the two women's uh, titles so they're represented on the pay-per-view. They've got three matches to show what they can do, and then the King of the Ring tournament, and the winner gets to choose 
by the way, at June's pay-per-view, I want to fight the Universal or the... And it means the June pay-per-view now means something, and you're not just... Oh, by the way, Extreme Rules, rematch of every match for this year. Or new challenger that's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, um, we might pick up on that uh, like a little bit sort of towards the end, but this bit I'd like to sort of introduce as a sort of open panel discussion. So what I'd like you guys to do is, uh, before the before we came on here, you guys picked two past King of the Ring winners to talk about. So I'm just going to go around the panel and see, like, what did you think of them, how it impacted their careers, and, yeah, we'll just get your general thoughts on their tournament as a whole. So, Stephen, I'm going to start with you. Who have you got as your one of your favourite winners? See, I'm going to go a bit differently on topic on that one, because we're, we're talking at this point about actual pay-per-view winners. Yep. I'm going to go with one that actually Alan Slate, and I'm going to go Brock Lesnar. Okay. Um, I know Alan would take that one, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to hear me out in this one, Alan. Um, He's eating a can, I'm okay to stop himself if, there's, <laughs> if there's anyone who showed how much this winning a King of the Ring can help progress your career, it's Brock Lesnar. Because look at what he did in that tournament. He pretty much steamrolled a test that Strax had earlier on. He steamrolled from Van Damme. And two months later, he was a world champion beating The Rock. Mm, yeah, that was just the midst of his mega push, like, as the, you know, like, the most dominant rookie year of, of all time. But did he not face Rob Van Dam for the Intercontinental Championship uh, Vengeance straight after the win? Uh, <laughs> I think he, that was like a stopgap. I think he lost by lost by DQ or something. Yeah, no, he won or, or won by something. No, he lost by DQ, I think. But uh, it just showed like this was the way you could get somebody. It just showed like he was only in the company for three months, but it just showed what the impact could be of this King of the Ring, Ooh. and it just is the perfect example how the King of the Ring could probably get used nowadays to help boost a new talent. Mm -hmm. Get them to that main event level, make it feel special because if one they've went through, well, he went through Bob and I did leave Booker T testing that VD. Well, can you, can you, sorry, you you talk about obviously he'd only been in the company three months. Kevin Owens was only in the company from December to May, you know, obviously a longer time period that they get that before he debuted in the main roster. Instead of the feud with John Cena, can you imagine if Kevin Owens debuted and just won King of the Ring? That although the feud with Cena did make him a megastar. That is an example of somebody who today could have used it, you know. Mm. We talk about the post-mania lull and the fear of certain NXT call-ups not making it. Well, yeah. a tournament, you know, protects people because losing a second match in the night isn't a bad thing. And maybe some of the NXT guys could use that as a, you know, even if they just get to the final, a showing. Yeah, like it makes, makes a lot more sense to say, as you say, you have to go through, say somebody gets to the final and loses, but they've, they've went through so many matches. That's where you see a lot of the guys who have won and kicking in the past. Um, most of them have had a bye at one point in time. Mm -hmm. Heel winners especially. I've got like the semi-final match didn't go through. I think it was Sheamus had a bye. Yeah, yeah. Sheamus had a bye. Um, Mabel had a bye as well. So, yeah. just, I was just thinking, can you imagine Brock Lesnar with like a, a cape and a crown like he does with the Money in the Bank briefcase? Like, <laughs> Brock party for... 2002 Brock. Yeah. Yes, not now. No. It's just like a Brock party... No, that I that got, it. That got people talking yet. Yeah. But just to point that point, like you're talking about there, even if you forget NXT for a minute, guys like Alistair Black, you're talking Finn Balor, Owens, Zane, that'd be perfect for them because I feel like the Owens Zane thing is starting to get a bit dry now, a bit boring. Their tag team is coming back. <laughs> I, well, I thought I'd give it a second chance, but it went back to what it was the rest of the last year and it's getting really repetitive. And I just fast forward it now, I'm just fed up listening to them. Even Bray Wyatt as well. Guys like that need some less and I think he needs to come back and it would actually make him 
upper mid card that we want to be technical but a really quite an interesting thing now other than alright we're just waiting until that big main event rivalries over there and the next mm-hmm. guy will just get pushed up sort of thing uh, Ross who have you got? Uh, I picked Cut Angle because it's embedded in my brain that tournament <laughs> absolutely love that tournament Rikishi looks like a megastar in that tournament by the way we're talking about obviously the heel Rikishi goes into it injured he's won the title from their current title from Chris Benoit the Smackdown beforehand and Chris Benoit has walked over his shoulder he then beats him in the first round and Benoit loses his mind goes up in a chair again uh, Val Venus attacks him throws him into the stairs in the semis he still overcomes it it takes a belly to belly suplex from the top rope for Kurt Angle you know we talk about obviously the endurance it takes something special to put these guys down in King of the Ring and Kurt Angle winning it was I think he's hear me out here Stone Cold's Austin 316 is iconic but the next month he was left off the pay-per-view two months later Kurt Angle was in the main event with Triple H and The Rock at SummerSlam Stone Cold wasn't on the card for me Kurt Angle is the best king of the ring Stone Cold to me it wasn't to the fans were shouting we want Stone Cold it was a Daniel Bryan situation it wasn't we were going to put him there it's that the fans will riot if we don't Yeah. and as much as they did give him the king of the ring people forget Triple H was meant to get the the one that Austin got, Kurt Angle. Because of the curtain call, wasn't uh, it? Kurt Angle was always destined for the 2000 King of the Ring. He'd been in the company less than a year at this point, and he was he was phenomenal in it. He beats Chris Jericho and match of the tournament. He's a fun match with Crash Holly. Crash Holly, with his hardcore title, made you bite a few times, thinking, oh my god, he's going to upset him here. And then the final, it took something special to put Rikishi down. And there's great matches throughout the tournament, you know, you've got. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, Val Venus have an absolutely amazing match. Uh, Crash Hall and Bill Buchanan have the shock of the century. The way you say it, yeah, it's, it's, it's baffling. And then the, the tournament itself is great. The pay per view itself is great. You know, a six man tag for the WWE title, Triple H and the McMahons versus Kane Rock and uh, Undertaker. It's just an amazing pay per view front to back, and I cannot stress highly enough how much in my mind Kurt Angle is the greatest king of the ring winner of all time I mean you are just strong case there he's, he's probably the best passage to the win mm-hmm. but the difference with the Austin one is the Austin is more impact than actual um, getting to there because he kind of let's be honest with you some of these wins wasn't great but you were the, you were right about the Rikishi thing that's one of the things I remember quite fondly about it how you thought Rikishi, Rikishi that was his big push he was going to be the one overcome Angle but uh, yeah, I think you make a good point. You, you really do know that pay-per-view. <laughs> Honestly, it's like... You never forget your first, do you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you can tell me about yours when you have it. Smooth, <laughs> 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 smooth. Uh, 16 minutes, Ross. 16-minute man. Um, we could do it 16 15 minutes. minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes, that's all I'm Back on track, back on track. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've mentioned all the time we had the, the cheap on digital and then they stopped showing WWE and that that along with tapes my granddad gave me were all I had to watch so it was just like the rock wins the main event that one I'm watching it but it was never somebody to sit and fast forward I'd have to watch the entire pay-per-view all three hours of it <laughs> sit through Patterson and Briscoe and drag fight for a half <laughs> title can you imagine being forced to watch through like the know capital punishment or crowd jewel I did have to watch Crown Jewel, I was live tweeting for it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, um, moving on now, Alan, who have you got? Yeah, 
I actually forgot who my favourite was, and I just panned. I wanted to get this one in first, so I, I picked Still Gold. Uh, obviously, it's been briefly mentioned, but a lot of people actually declare this to start the attitude era for a start because he started speaking so freely, and then you know it's a decent tournament he had. Obviously, he steamrolled Jake Snake because we know Jake Snake wasn't 100 fit, injured, and then he's with three own personal issues as well. But that speech as well, and it opened up, you know, the whole. Podcast they they opened up all Canterbury Pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's go with that. And own the Canterbury Pass for him. You know, think about it. His rivalries with Bret Hart, The Rock, Shawn Michaels, just to name some. And he just became the guy after that. And you're sort of, like, I think the last time anyone of WWE had anything like that, the moment it opened up the floodgates, was CM Punk declaring he was the best in the world. That's how impactful it was. That was the wow moment. And yeah, it was an alright pay per view. I don't think it was the greatest, but. It certainly left a mark in the memory for everyone. I don't actually remember anything that happened in that pay-per-view. I'm just actually looking here, right, and he didn't have the hardest one, to be honest. So, <laughs> he beat Bob Holly, okay, before he was Harko Holly, by submission. Big shot, Bob Holly. In 9 minutes 34 seconds, and then he beat Savio Vega in 8 minutes and 10. Then. I think he had a decent match with Mark Merrill, that lasted 16 minutes 49, and then he beat Jake the Snake Roberts. Did Mark Matt Merrill have a match that lasted double figures? Yeah, well, Mark Merrill got a feet a bat. Well, I don't know why he was here, quote Wikipedia, he got a pin against Skip, that was 10 minutes 28, and then he beat one heart by pin, 9 minutes 48, 3, and then he lost to Austin. So, so going through this bracket, like Mark Merrill's like the Iron Man of this tournament. <laughs> is he Mark, Mark, Mark Merrill was the wild man? Before he'd done the boxer gimmick, he was actually really good. I think this, mm. was, this was, he was actually really, yeah, really this good. This was when he joined to be bad. Aye, but he had, he had a match against Austin at um, In Your House 9 at a national incident. It was actually a really good match. So I, I think that was the worst thing Meryl could have done with all the boxer gimmick. Yeah, that's going to pan it well. Just, they're just getting stable bombed. And it's weird as well, the boxer gimmick. Get back, I'm trying to say it. just. The boxer gimmick for the guy that created the shooting star press. It's just that it, it doesn't match up. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. <laughs> well, let's be honest, we all know the push he goes because he was, he was with Sable. And Sable was the hottest thing going at that point. Yeah. But it did look like a good feud behind Gold Dust and Sable and Luna. No. So, no, no, no. I, 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 there you go, this is how impactful Austin King of the Ring was. So for him, yeah, but actually, pay per view was a bit naff. I mean, uh, even looking at Jake the Snakes running. So Jake the Snake was a shadow from his yeah. for that So point he beat Triple H in the first in the first round in just under ten minutes. And then he beat Justin Bradshaw in just over six minutes. And he beat Vader by DQ in under four minutes. That's why it took uh, Austin beat him so quickly. Vader beats the absolute holy hell yeah. out of him after Was the this match. the point where Triple H was just getting buried because yeah. of the whole curtain call incident? Yeah. 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 I think that's yeah. probably why he lost to Jake the Snake. And he lost to Ultimate Warrior in about like, Less than ninety seconds. That was, that, was, that, was, that was before the cut and call. Oh, right, that was pre cut and call. That was just him also the fact, well, man only ever seen him as a mid card or a best. Mm. Never seen him as a top player. And then he won the next, the one you, the year after. Yep. How times have changed. And in '98, he was a European champion, commentating at the final. <laughs> uh, Strack, who's your uh, your first past winner? Well, actually, I was just about to move on to Triple H. Because let's face okay. it. I was going to say it was it gets squashed a life out in '96. He won it in '97, and then for then he became European champion. Then he moved to Cornell champion. Then he moved up, obviously, mayor, mayor, mayor. 
So we were saying previously about building somebody for that tournament win was the, the perfect way to do it. Austin, that he won at 96, didn't really get his push to 98. Mm -hmm. So I think we'll see the way I've done it with a few of the guys. Shamrock, I think I thought I said this in one of the, the podcasts with the greatest to ever hold the title. Mm -hmm. Shamrock, I think when he won at 98, I was like, there's a lot of potential with this guy. It could be decent because his matches against The Rock were brilliant. Oh, a great feud. And then so, so the right, he got yeah. into the corporation, and that was it. Just games of bogey. Mm -hmm. And that really. It's funny when you mention it. I was watching 98 today and see the pop he got Aye. for his first his first match. Aye. Who was it he fought again? Uh, uh, first Jeff, was it Jeff Jarrett? Jeff Jarrett. And Jarrett's also getting rude. He comes out, he does nothing to the entertainer, he just walks out, and it's, it's like, pretty much watching Seth Rollins coming out and screaming the reaction. He does nothing, he just walks out, and I don't mean Bones does nothing, it's just the way the fans react to him. Hmm. He does nothing, he just walks out the ring, stands in the ring, and he's like, runs in. Does nothing, but the crowd are going apeshit from him, and then he comes out with it against the rock, rocks off to the big heel. Same again. And I get totally agree, he's a wasted talent, he should have been the guy at some point. But we're talking about Triple H. Yes. There's obviously two ways it can go, Triple H. Getting this, getting this, getting this, getting ball and ball and ball up. Even putting a, a team like DX, obviously Shamrock was putting in like a corporation. Just shows you how the tree can kind of split when you've got the creative idea of where the guy's meant to go. So there's, uh, this is the start. A few guys where you go, oh, this will do really well for him. And there's some you go, this is going to do absolutely nothing for him. Triple H's actual run in that tournament was actually really good, considering the fact he got knocked out. By Ahmed Johnson. I was going to say that I, the, the, the match with Ahmed Johnson, which wasn't really the prettiest Place. of matches. His match with Mankind was uh, That was decent. It was only about 20 minutes. Aye, so. so. Bill, the feud that they two built over the years, mm -hmm. between 97 and 2000. Aye. The Hell in a Cell, No Way Out, stuff like that, so. It's just weird that he never actually used the sort of. The, the word king in his sort of moniker until about 2006, where he used to start calling himself King of Kings as well. Uh, makes you wonder why didn't he just use it back then? Because he, because he's no had won so much by that point, he could say it and he's beat. So it was Austin and all this. Plus, he was heavily involved with DX. Aye. No, that plus, he's beat. They won the Royal Rumbles and stuff like that. So he's, he's kind of almost done it all. So that's how he can get. If he'd said it back then, the like he won one tournament, mate, Camden. He almost felt like a launching pad for Triple H almost, and then that's how he won all his accolades soon after. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we've got. I think we've got time for. One more for each person. So, Stephen, who's your second choice? Do I need to pick a good one? I've got to pick a bad one. You can pick a bad one if you want. Uh, can I talk about Mabel? <laughs> 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 hey! <laughs> Why is he a winner? Why? That is like the worst know. king of the ring. I have the reason. Yeah, it's the worst king of the ring of all time. Yeah. Look, he was five hundred pound. That's why he sat in everyone. Well, look, he beat the Undertaker <laughs> and then got a buy. What? What? It's just it was five hundred pounds. It was out of breath. <laughs> Yeah, but he's never won it, Nelson. I mean, it's just it's a it's a horrible tournament. It's just oh, a, no, absolutely. It's, it's it's just a it's a classic example of how they can do the wrong thing. I mean, Mantor was in this tournament, and I would have rather
that Mabel had more rolls than Martin's, you knew he certainly wasn't <laughs> 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 He did, but he sat on his couch and just injected himself in the leg. He's like, that's not how you do it. The other, the, the other oh. guy that had, the other guy that had that was Yokozuna at that point. Probably, I think maybe Yokozuna was a bit. He was a shelly himself at that point. But uh, when you talk about semi final, we've talked about some great ones, but then you had this one, which was Mabel, Savio Vega, and the roadie, which was a pre road dog Aye. gimmick when he was essentially Jeff Jarrett's like singer. It. Yeah. You know, great great vocals on My Baby Tonight. Not gonna get me wrong on that one, but it's just it's it's a bad example of when Vince has an idea in his head and he thinks this guy can be pushed to the moon, it's just you've got so many other mortality guys. Why do the words wild card spring to mind now when you say that? <laughs> you pile of crap. It's one of the ones as well, we talk about um how Edge never got his shot, you know Billy Gunn was in line to get his shot, but this was when Austin was his politic and best. I don't want to feed with this guy, I don't want to feed with that guy, I don't want to feed with this guy. Even if Vince just said to him, it's one and done. But no, Billy Gunn never get his, but then you look at SummerSlam 95, it's widely regarded as the worst SummerSlam of all time. And it's because of the main event. It's Diesel, who was never the best, you know, he had great matches with like some Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, but that's Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels having to carry Mabel. Who nearly paralysed him in the match? He talks about that in shoot interviews. You've, you've, well, you've, you've got Michaels in this tournament. I mean, they could have easily given Michaels a chance, but no. He has a draw with Kappa. Well, obviously, the Godfather. You know? It's just, it's, you look at it, it's just like. See if they booked this tournament in current day, you know? This is maybe like Baron Corbin win. You know? I feel for Baron Corbin. I like Baron Corbin. I actually quite like Baron Corbin. Like Baron Corbin. He's the best example I can think of. He's, the, he's the best heel WWE right he's now. Like, well, apart from the best. It'd be like Jinder Mahal winning. No. There no, you go. Not the best. Like, Mojo Rawley. That's a better example. Mojo Rawley. Yeah. You know. But Typical job. <laughs> I thought it was good to give an example of one that's not very good. Did he not knight um, Mo as well? Yes. Sir Mo. Sir, Sir Mo. Which I think was referred to in the past. Did you yes, yes. This yes I referred to him as Sun Mo uh, when we talked about people being eliminated in three seconds in the Royal Rumble. There we go. Royal Rumble quiz throwback. Yeah, yeah. Which I won. Shut it. <laughs> uh, Ross, who's your second choice? Uh, yeah, I went with Owen Hart just because this is a great example of using it to build, build a storyline and launch a superstar at the same time. Owen Hart was insanely talented, was already well known. But it was a chip on his shoulder, you know, his brother won it last year, his brother's only two, uh, two-time winner. Pardon me. His brother's won the Royal Rumble, but then he beats him at WrestleMania, but then it's not enough because at the end of the night, he's still WWE Champion. And as much as I love this, this pay-per-view has the most pointless, stupid and boring opening ever. It's just a giant chalkboard with names of people in the tournament. Stick, uh, sticky tape to the board <laughs> and all the wrestlers run in going I'm going to be king of the ring no Jeff Jarrett I am going to be king of no no Bam Bam Bigelow is going to be king of the ring no 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 Owen Hart like who so cares some of these names you're saying do not scream king of the ring <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they're all, and they're all in full gear as well they've all ran into this classroom and took Dean Douglas's board I assume he's the only person who had a chalkboard at the time and they're all sticking their name at the you're like you do realise that's not how it works it's not like the first 24-7 where it's like grab it first grab person, it first <laughs> person to get the board get, like, gets the title right yeah. guys first bit it's like pin the tail on the donkey right guys first guy to get this title <laughs> it's actually a good tournament this though you've got Razor Ramon against the finalist the year before Bam Bam Bigelow you've then got 
a questionable match of Erwin R. Scheister versus future winner Mabel. <laughs> and guess who pins Mabel? Jeff Jarrett, after claiming he was going to be king of the ring first, is beaten in five minutes by the one, two, three kid. And then Owen Hart beats Tatanka. As well, see the intro of this, I feel so bad for Tatanka. It's like they all get they all get nice intros. And then it's just and Tatanka! The the Native American, like Gorillaman <laughs> is, is not one for thinking on his feet, it's just like all these guys that get puraculous is Tatanka! Native American. Five foot six. It's an example uh tournament matches not having to be the longest, but they show the speed of endurance. Mm. Owen Hart gets the win eventually and that leads to the match we talked about on the Owen Hart show, the steel cage match for the WWE title. Cracking match. And it just it keeps that feud going whilst letting Brett defend against Diesel and go somewhere else and keeping Owen away from uh, Brett, which is something they don't do in modern day feuds, like as we've seen with Corbin Lashley. It's a perfect example of long term booking really. Sorry, Corbin Strowman. Corbin Strowman, yeah. I, it was just they were involved in something every week. No, they can still be like they can still be linked, but they don't need to be together every mm-hmm. week. Uh, Alan, who else have you got? Right, I'm going to change from my original pack, <laughs> and I'm going to go to Ken Shamrock. Okay. Shamrock. Shamrock. I read the big changes, but because, is this just because he of who he beat in the final? No, normally I would declare this pay per view entire waste of time because I'm not lost, but I was a big fan of Shamrock as well. Um, because it's saying him rock. Shh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell him that. No, but I thought overall the actual pay per view was really, really good as well. I mean, what Ross basically mentioned about having an impactful King of the Ring, having a, the, the matches on the one night. Um, you know, there were some really good matches. Um, also, the original Beast was part of this pay per view. Fuck, fuck, not It was Dan Severn, the real Beast. Well, that's. Shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't really weird about that, that tournament as they kept saying, well, I, think the, I think the final was going to be Shamrock Severin. Like, Severin's fighting The Rock. He's <laughs> the leader of the nation. <laughs> How big, mm. much did they think of Dan Severin? Well, he was the ultimate fighting champion at one point and he just left that. He got to WWE, same as Shamrock. Apparently, yeah. they were going to give Severin a massive push. Uh-huh. Apparently, they were going to give him a really big push. It's funny about this time. The Rock went back to Vince and went, give me a chance to make me the guy. But it's heel face, I will be that guy. And this is the time you had that chap with him, man, mate, you've got one chance. And this was the chance he took and he went with it just before that. So that's what kind of why he get the push to go to the, the final. But also as well, we talk about Shamrock, his character being so destructive, almost dangerous man. And the way up to that final, he squashed everyone he faced. So Cameron Mustafa was beaten in under three minutes. Mark Henry was beaten in under five minutes. Jeff Jarrett was beaten under six minutes, and the longest match of the whole tournament was actually the final against The Rock, which was 14 minutes and 9 seconds, and it was a really entertaining match, and like we briefly mentioned earlier, what a feud the two of them had, and a brilliant mid-card feud that went from right before WrestleMania 14, right through till pretty much they joined the corporation together at the end of 98, brilliant feud, I don't even remember ever a poor match between them, mm. and again, sadly never, they never pushed that up to that next level, but Again, it's a solid pay-per-view and the storytelling is excellent. Uh, Strack, who's your, your second pick? I would say Edge, because I think, as we said, we've obviously covered this kind of 2001 and won it, but then really it's past 2006, but it's one of the things where you, you watch it and you go, wait, it's cut angle against Christian, Edge against Rhino, and he goes, only two possible outcomes this is going to have. 
Is it going to be edge or is it going to be angle? And they're going to angle back to back the same as Bret Hart to kind of have him up there. But then this, I think people were actually probably quite surprised when they went to go with edge because edge was one of the guys you, you look at and you go, there's a good tag team with Christian. Christian, he's decent but he's kind of no as high level as Edge. You could see Edge with the, the, the big circle world title at the time, but Christian, you're like, at the corner, you're like, maced. But it's it's one of the things where you get again, the same as Austin, they win it, and then they kind of hold back and hold back and hold back, and then they let them go. Or there's some guys say, like, Bret Hart, like, just let them straight out of the track. The same kind of way, Owen. Owen kind of go, they got a push with them and back to normal and then you got to kind of push again and then back to normal and it was just kind of kind of stop start yeah aye and I'm like we said obviously in the show about people who've never been champion I think the most contested one was Owen Hart mm -hmm. he yeah. should have been WWE champion at any point because he's such a good heel it was like Jericho you want you see him you're like oh I, I really hope something puts you in the face and you just your nose pokes at the back of your head he was brilliant in the nation he, he, what? No, no, I wasn't. I thought he was really good in the nation. Uh, you know what? See the nation. We put we put one heart in the nation. I'm looking going. It's kind of like Eminem and D12. <laughs> 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 the top of the main guy. Uh, you just kind of no, but like, it's like you kind of. It just does. It's not. It doesn't fit. You just go. Why is he there? <laughs> it had nothing to do with the nation. The, the whole way the nation looked kind of broke broke up. They just kicked Baruch out and actually done better for Baruch because he got to be part of APA, who was tremendous. Just watching him bar people was so much fun, but it just didn't make any sense to me. Put one heart in the nation just did not make any sense. The way thing about this Edge one that I didn't like was it was kind of overshadowed a wee bit. One by Shane McMahon, his match with Angle, and two the DDP in the front row. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> Shane McMahon, no, you're oh. going through the windy. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, this is, that's been a, a good sort of round panel discussion we've had here. Um, we'll obviously pick it up in the second half, but we're just going to go to a quick uh, break now. And the break for this week's show comes from 1996 uh, King of the Ring winner Stone Cold Steve Austin, where he cuts the... 1986, did you say? 96. I thought you did 86. No, I said 96. I thought you did 86. You ruined my segue. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Anyway, this is the Austin 316 promo from the 1996 King of the Ring. Uh, don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Yo, this is the cream in your coffee, your favourite wrestler's favourite wrestler. The Jewish canon, the physical embodiment of charisma, the most entertaining man in professional wrestling, the Bernie Sanders of professional wrestling, the best of the best, Mr. American Rana Davey, wrestling the 104-minute man. The main event, I'm really good at Twitter and I am independent. The King of Taunts, the product David Starr, and you're listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. The fourth prestigious King of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible victory. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Because I proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. 
Come on, that's not necessary. All he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. As far as this championship match is considered, son, I don't give a damn if it's Davey Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Obviously anything but humble, the fourth prestigious king of the ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hi everybody, this is PCO, Perfect Creation One, and you're listening to ESSR, Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome back to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. That was Stone Cold Steve Austin cutting the infamous Austin 316 promo after winning the 1996 King of the Ring. Uh, just a quick shout out to David Starr, who was the first voice of this week's show. You can catch his interview with Stephen on our king-sized back catalogue now. And also, big thank you to PCO from Ring of Honor and Villain Enterprises. You can catch his interview with Scott this coming Monday. So keep an eye out for that. And... I am with Stephen, Ross, Alan, Strack, and Quacko as we discuss the history of the King of the Ring tournament. So we've just <laughs> we've just done a, a round table of all our favourite winners, uh, just to go to some of the the listeners' choices and some other team members' choices of who their favourite was. We have the GOAT, David Campbell, whose favourite was King Booker. Oh hell, King Booker! Come on, come on, We have the Stooge, Scott McLeod, who says his favourite uh, was Kurt Angle. No wonder they've only had one video. <laughs> 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 they could only watch the one you I thought he was a king every right. year. Yep. Yeah, I, I think so their mother bit. decided that Cardinal Carnage 99, Armageddon, eh, sorry, 98, Armageddon 99 and King of the Ring 2000. Like, you've got one for each year. They don't do that many, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we've had a few input from uh, listeners on Twitter as well. We've had John McFarlane who says his favourite was William Regal. Uh, we've, Dave said his favourite was Bret Hart two-time King of the Ring winner, and Stephen Bennington has said his favourite was, as forementioned, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Did you give your own pick there? No, 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 it's another guy, guy called Dave. Dave. <laughs> it's a common name. <laughs> it's it's really sad, though. We haven't went in like, Latino, San Martino and stuff like that, we kind of just... Uh, Austin and Bret Hart, that's, that's the furthest back we're going to go. <laughs> uh, now, 2002 was the last sort of annual King of the Ring tournament uh, before it got revived four years later in 2006, where it became a SmackDown exclusive uh, King of the Ring tournament. And this was on the build from WrestleMania to Judgment Day. Uh, I'll start with Stephen here. What do you remember of that uh, King of the Ring tournament? The 2006 one? Yes. Uh, one by Booker T. I remember them all being assembled in a random room on SmackDown one night and go, oh, we're bringing the King of the Ring back. Tony Long did that quite a few times. Like, oh, uh, vacant title. Oh, he's getting there. Oh, battle royal. Oh, he's getting there. Hold on, player. Hold on, player. <laughs> Tag team match. Oh, you go there now. I will bring back Johnny Laurinaitis on your team. Johnny Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis over Teddy. You said Laurinaitis. That was your nickname. 
Oh, right. <laughs> Santino called him Mr. Laryngitis. Yeah, because of his voice. But, no, I remember it being a great springboard for Booker T, and as he got speared through the throne, <laughs> that won that fateful judgment day. Back uh, when Bobby Lashley was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Lashley wasn't even interested in Ed. <laughs> but... Um, Looking at the uh, the brackets though, uh, you had uh, Kurt Angle and Randy Orton in an opening round match, which that in itself could have been a final match. Uh, you had Matt Hardy and Booker T, Chris Benoit and Finlay, and Lashley and Mark Henry. Do you think this was a, a good sort of brackets to go with for this tournament, Ross? It's a stacked card, but I just remember them not doing much with it. Like, Angle and Orton gets eight minutes, and Orton was uh, injured post-mania, he wouldn't come back till one night stand I believe yeah. Yeah. Angle again. Matt Hardy wasn't it you know he was sort of floating about the mid card at this point Finlay Benoit maybe like to go back and watch that because that sounds like a technical that, match that, they actually had a match in Judgment Day because of this how that oh, fair enough. So they yeah because Finlay won by dubious means and then Bobby Lashley Mark, Mark Henry was at sort of a crossroads as well at this point five minute loss for your count now like then he ended up having a few big car angle didn't he Mark Henry? Yeah, no, he just had a, he just off a feet for cutting. Oh, he, he fought Undertaker at WrestleMania that year. Yeah. No, he, he, had, he faced Angle at Judgment Day. See, that's how little I remember this too. I, mean, I just, this is the, this is what we talked about earlier, me and Alan, about the, you lose interest in the tournament and the, the things that come from it, you know. If you do qualifying matches, don't get me wrong, you know, you could do like maybe, like just a, a quick example of time. Corbin gets eliminated. Finn Balor's backstage getting interviewed and laughs. Corbin thinks he's laughing at him, so then he calls Finn Balor. There you go, you get an IC title match after the top of your head for the King of Ring. King of Ring qualifiers, there we go. That's fine, fair enough. You know, but see when it's like four this week, and then two next week, and then one in the paper. Like, no, it's an endurance test. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've also got like, um, you know, you guys were mentioning like heel winners of the tournament usually get a bye or usually have a bit of an unfair advantage. Uh, well, that was that also happened with Booker T this year because he was meant to face Kurt Angle in the semi-final, but Mark Henry actually injured him, so kayfabe sort of took him out of the tournament. And so basically, Booker T only had to wrestle Matt Hardy and then Bobby Lashley in the final. I love how you had to reiterate it was kayfabe. <laughs> King of kayfabe. Mark Henry went into business for himself and thought, no, he's seen me looking at that sausage roll and catering. He knew I was going for that sausage roll and catering, and he took the last one. So I'm going at you with a chair. <laughs> right, if Kane and Chris Jericho can have a feud over coffee Kurt Angle and Mark Henry can have a feud over a sausage roll you know what I'd actually pay to see that that'd be fantastic you think this is about sausage rolls <laughs> sausage roll in a poma <laughs> it actually rhymes as well <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh sorry. I can just see the Greg's bag hanging there at all. It's a heat lamp to keep a, a heat in it. Just looks golden brown. Oh, <laughs> picks man. it off the pole. Ah, it's a bit cold, is it okay? <laughs> <laughs> just, start, just, he's like a Mars bar. You start eating a disappointment. It's a vegan sausage roll. No! <laughs> Daniel Bryan can put Ashley for the, the leftovers. <laughs> That's uh, a great idea. Daniel Bryan's in the match. He can't win. He can't eat a sausage roll. Is it vegan? No, it's not. Uh, the eventual winner of that tournament, uh, Booker T, becomes King Booker. What did you guys, Alan? What did you make of you know Booker T's transition to the king role? Yeah, I really liked it. Um, yes, Booker. It's one of these guys. It, it, he just can't see me doing anything wrong. 
Mind, he's just brilliant. I, even when people were flagging his commentary, I thought, oh, I quite like his commentary actually. Yeah. I love Booker T, and he was in a lull after coming in as a WCW champion, and then nothing really ever happened. Yes, five times over there in the corner. But, um, <laughs> no, guy needed something to spice up his career again, get back in it. This was the, per- <laughs> this was the perfect catalyst. Um, and yeah, I totally I loved it, and I'm so happy he got to win it. Uh, you know, he was um, the, the gimmick lasted until his uh, till he was let go, like mid two thousand and seven. Strike. Do you think having that king gimmick for that long definitely sort of did wonders for him because he won the world title as a result as well? See, it was it was a mixed bag. I, I, I didn't really the King Booker thing was all right. I don't think it was like people make it as a men's kind of like. I don't know if you're about to watch the back of those glass. Uh, quite good. You, you want to say something here? Mate, it's the same as like, people always look back and go, oh, ECW was great. Eh, uh, bits it were. Again, I think the same with the King Booker thing. It was alright, but it's better when you look back at it. Can we do a quick poll? Who thinks King Booker was a good gimmick? Hands up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really abstained for this for the simple fact that. See when he pops back up, like when he, he did the Team Smackdown thing and he did the mm-hmm. New Day thing. I popped when he came back, but I remember at the time watching it when I was about, I think I was about twelve at this point, and I hated him with a passion. I, because he was a crazy Yeah, he just let me finish. The way he was, I was meant to hate him. Yes, I know that, and I did hate him. And the fact that they did it so brilliantly that he took the title from Rey Mysterio, the, you know, the, 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 the beloved, you know, you know. Travel turns on Ray, you know, it's betrayal at its worst, and then when you think it can't get worse, you know, the biggest heel in the company, you know, takes the title from him. And he, he had a great feud with Batista, he, the feud with Rey Mysterio was quite good. <coughs> he was entertaining with it. He, I, I love the. There's a segment on Raw with King Booker and it's Big Show, John Cena, and Booker T. I know exactly that one. When yeah. they're all champions, and he goes, You've got a white guy that talks like he's black, and I can't remember what Cena says. He's like, what are you talking about, Willis? And then you've got a white guy who talks like Prince Charles and King Booker, just in his best accent, goes, I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Booker T's strength is his facial expression. He, he cannot hide when he's pissed off on commentary, and this was just, I beg your pardon. <laughs> And of course, in real life, he smashed Batista backstage. <laughs> yeah, it's just his, his eccentric, you know, posh sort of demeanor as well. Definitely sort of added to it. He was like, "I am King Booker. You are all my loyal subjects." Something else as well. It was obviously put on, and Booker T even acknowledged it was put on because see, whenever they lost the plot with someone, like when Finlay was going to get involved in the Fatal Four Way match, because maybe just Booker and Bobby Lashley, and then ended up. Uh, Batista and Finlay get added and Finlay went what if I win the world title and he quickly switched back and goes ah, dog don't you even think about it don't you do- I'm from Harlem I will and he just kind of stops like subject Finlay I don't think that would be in the best interest of the court <laughs> you will do as your king says you peasant <laughs> basically he just switches back to that role and that, that's the whole comedic factor about it too and that's, he just he just did it so well mm-hmm. I said he can't, he's one of these few guys he can't do anything wrong mm-hmm. he's like Triple H Jericho doesn't matter what he does he nails it I, I didn't like how the thing ended it was it, it ran into Triple H as most things did from about the mid 2000s mm-hmm. and it was just like I'm the true king of WWE so I have to anyone with king in their name 
Dave King, come here for a punch. <laughs> no, but like, oh, Jerry the King Lawler. Okay, I'm going to punch the pushing 60-year-old man on commentary to prove nothing. And it's like, oh, by the way, Triple H is going to come back and in the space of seven minutes is going to just completely obliterate a year and a half worth, yeah. worth of good work. Well, actually, <laughs> well, actually, going from King Booker now, we actually look at to one of uh, King Booker's core, actually, who was actually the successor to the throne. It was uh, William Regal, won it on the 23rd of April 2008 edition of Raw. So, and like that, that again, that was sort of, that was a sort of triple brand sort of tournament because they had people from Raw's wellness policy sort of beaten to the punch a bit. But do you think, I'll just think of from a sort of fantasy booking sort of perspective, how good of a king of the ring do you think William Regal would have been had he had that long-term sort of plan? Well, he was English. There's a start. Twitter handle is real King Regal, so he's, he is kind of still carrying it on a bit. It worked because he was the GM at the point as well. So yeah. he, was, he kind of had the rule over the, the broad mm-hmm. you know, roster. And he was just like, he did the job really well, I thought. <laughs> he went like Caligula and just, you two will fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> he went pure Daenerys. I was going to say, it could have been <laughs> Joffrey before, it could have been Joffrey before Joffrey was Joffrey. You know, the tyrannical leader who, if you displease him, he will have at you. <laughs> and he gave himself the easiest road to the tournament as well. Mm. Like his first match is against Hornswoggle. As Finlay was like being carried out the back or something? Yeah, Finlay... He won by DQ over Cali. Oh, yeah. by DQ and then Cali beats up Hornswoggle and then he just runs down and pins Hornswoggle. Yeah, Hornswoggle's... Yeah, Regal stretches him. And then the next round is meant to be Finlay, but obviously he's injured, so then, again, a heel getting a bye. No, he never got a bye, he wrestled. He still wrestled, it was like, wrestled. It was like two minutes to the match or something. Still the, the only, the only, oh, because he knocked him out. That's the that's only decent right. match he had was in the punch. final with CM Punk, who had just beaten Chris Jericho in the semi-final as well. So, I mean, if anything, Punk had the, probably the best run of the whole tournament. I think Punk, no, the next match was Punk-Regal, I think he just ran in and attacked him. Like Austin at Vengeance 01 with Jericho. Mm-hmm. He didn't give him time to recover, he just runs down the other ring. And yeah. I think again, was it not Power of the Punch again? No, he's missing Regal Stretch. No, Regal Stretch all three times. No, no, Power of the Punch was the second one. Oh, right, okay. When the Regal Stretch. Bits and pieces. No, no. It's definitely Regal Stretch. Great submission, by the way. Aye, underrated. And Jetly Hurts. <laughs> can actually say that to <laughs> There was also that promo after, the week after he won King of the Ring, where Mr. Kennedy comes out. Kennedy. <laughs> Can you imagine a feud between Kennedy and Regal as well? Like sort of the, the brash, cocky, like loudmouth against the very sort of regal authoritative king character. See, see in hindsight, I'm glad we never saw that feud. Why? Why? Promos would have been great. I don't, Promos would have been great, the match would have been terrible. I don't Kennedy, know. Kennedy was a great promo, not a great not a best wrestler in the world. Kennedy, Kennedy's best work was when he was in TNA. WWE never really gave him a chance to he's injured, like, injured all the time. I know, but he, but he never really gets a chance to show what he was actually worth. But TNA, they gave him the push. WWE gave him the bank. And they got injured. So. I think, though, like, even if they ended up feuding for the King of the Ring crowd, much like King Keaton Kelly, King, <laughs> King Kennedy wouldn't have worked for maybe the yeah. same reason. You know, <laughs> same we've had this discussion before. Yeah. <laughs> and just sort of moving forward to the 2010 tournament and to make that analogy you could have also had King Kofi Kingston as well which was mentioned by CM Punk on commentary but yeah this was um, the night after Survivor Series 2010 where Miz had just won the WWE Championship or it might no be. it was it was it Miz it won, it, it won it the night after oh no, so I was no sorry the week after he won the yeah, yeah my mistake 
Bot. But yeah, it was... Yeah, again, eight people sort of doing the tournament on one night on Raw, which was main evented by a title match that was a tables, ladders and chairs match. So it was quite a patch show to begin with. They at least had qualifiers on there. They qualified the week before. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then you came to get the field and they, it, then they ran the full yeah. tournament. So you could day. say it ran over two weeks, but... Uh, but I think Miz was actually supposed to be in a qualifying match <coughs> against uh, Ezekiel Jackson, but then that's the night of his cash-in. Yeah, he pulls out and he sends Alex Riley out instead. Yeah. And Alex Riley, it's punk mentions in commentary. I like how Ezekiel Jackson's fighting Alex Riley. It's time drawn just three minutes of him beating the hell out of this guy. He needs some new footage. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, well, the match last year, one minute, 55 seconds. Well, there you go. He's got an extra minute, 55 so the, seconds of coverage. The people in that, uh, that tournament you had... Rey Mysterio, Dolph Ziggler, John Morrison, Cody Rhodes, uh, Drew McIntyre, Ezekiel Jackson, Kofi Kingston, and Sheamus. So, again, another sort of pretty decently balanced field. Final was uh, Sheamus versus John Morrison, but obviously Sheamus got a bye because um, Drew and Ezekiel went to a double countout. So, again, another case of the heel winner gets a bye. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this was weird. Sheamus was sort of... Before we knew how good he really was, he'd been pushed a bit too soon, he had these two world title runs at this point. People were just kind of sick of him. John Morrison, I, I believe, I think it was a Team Morrison, Team Sheamus. Tim Miz, I think. Tim Miz? Tim Miz. T- t- team Miz. Team Miz, aye. He pinned Sheamus in that match. He also... Um, he also the, pinned Sheamus like three times afterwards. Wait, yeah, but he, he also... He loses to Sheamus when everyone thought it was going to be John Morrison because we thought Morrison Miz feud. And then at TLC, the next like three weeks later, Sheamus' first match as King of the Ring is losing a ladder match, number one contenders match, to John Morrison. Mm. So it was a weird one because the winner never got a title shot. He got a chance to fight the guy he just beat for a title shot. And then lost to that guy. The Morrison will pin him in the elimination chamber. He did, yeah. That's the one where he came hanging off the dome, yeah, cross-bodied him. Although I think Kalisto did a better job at like some years later when he literally went to the centre of the dome. You were right when you said about that. I was see the talent they had in it. They could have done so much better with it. Yeah. It's a card. It's it's card. I mean, as Dave said, the likes of Daniel Bryan were in it, Drew were in it, some guy fought Rey Mysterio. We'll never know who he is anymore. But I think again, thinking back, oh, it's a stat cared then, but the guys weren't as well developed and polished back then. Yes, that's how they like to go because they're like, ah, he's nah, all right. Daniel Bryan, same again. So they kind of remember and released him because he was kind of just there and had nothing behind him. So I think us looking now, going, what they cared on that. But when you go back to then, mm-hmm. how, how they wrestled and how they were, you were at the back end, you're like, ah, meh. Because Bryan's a job. But he was the United States champion at the time as well. Yeah, but they did nothing with him until until he, arguably until he won the world title. Then he had that moment at WrestleMania 28. Yes, because even even when he won the money in the bank, (laughs) even when he won the money in the bank briefcase, he um, he was losing on superstars to Trent Barreta. He was losing every week. Trent Barreta is a big deal in Japan. Trent Barreta was like. Kurt Hawkins losing streak yeah, level he was, in WWE. He was the jobber of WWE, essentially. Yeah. Like he Steve lost a week ago, eventually, he beat Miz for the title. Mm-hmm. That's what stopped his losing streak. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, it, do you think this kind of was overshadowed by like Miz defending in the TLC match, or do you think this sort of had a sort of even balance to it? it was, no, it was random. It was the way they kind of flung it together, I think. It just didn't feel like mm-hmm. they took it seriously. As Ross said, the way they had 
Sheamus won the tournament and then the month later he had to fight the same guy to get yeah. what he should have won in the first place Sheamus should have went directly to the title match or if they wanted Morrison to fight Miz have Morrison win it mm-hmm. you know so it's just a wasted it's just a waste you know yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. classic booking and of course Sheamus had his very unique attire with the weird sort of Game of Thrones looking crown do you think that trying to add a bit of you know a, a different dimension to sort of King of the Ring a bit because no, you always had the traditional crown in the sceptre it was meant to make him look Stupid creative didn't want to give him the proper regal crown because apparently Kevin Dunn at the time didn't like him and he wanted, he basically buried him and then once they decided to give him the US title and push him a wee bit again, it was a case of right, let's drop the King of the Ring. That's how like after uh, Elimination Chamber, there's no mention of it, just the raw after Elimination Chamber, he comes out, he's just does Kevin Dunn just have something against the Irish or, or what? I hate Becky Lynch as well. You'd have to ask him. He doesn't like Irish people. He's a man, he's broke his heart, he just can't open it. To be fair, no one else, no one likes Kevin Dunn. His statement's like the most Irish of I know. <laughs> Maybe that's why he can't accept it. He's <laughs> <laughs> a self hating Irishman. We big, big teeth. Please let Finn Balor be like a push. Uh, We're basically just calling the man a racist on the other We have had one more King of the Ring since uh, since today. It's it's sort of yeah another sort of random timing comeback for it, and this one was won by Wade Barrett. Well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember um, I was just like I was on delay watching. I think that before that was part of the post-mania one was it like stream notes or something like that and just fast forward and it's like coming up the network uh, this pay-per-view then this pay-per-view then this pay-per-view WWE 24 on this guy King of the Ring WWE 24 <laughs> on this guy and it was just it was buried up under like absolutely nothing so much network content yeah yeah and and this was, was like within its first year of launching, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just crap. UK, I know UK, that was yeah. only four years ago it feels so much longer well when you look at the, this card right it's Bad News Barrett beating Dolph Ziggler, R-Truth beating Stardust, Sheamus beating Dean Ambrose, and Neville beating Luke Harper. That feels like a lifetime Such ago. Such a random panel, isn't it? Like, but it's Stardust it's as a well. Good, it's a good line-up though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look at, the, look at R-Truth now. He's <laughs> an eight-time champion. R-Truth is playing these strengths now. See here, they didn't have him playing these strengths. Like, R-Truth and these mm. wee comedic, you know, five-minute skits is fine. But then, this is when I had a, a rational hatred for R-Truth because it was a lead up to an Intercontinental title match, let me finish, <laughs> on that year's WrestleMania. And see every every match involving Wade Barrett, Daniel Bryan, Dean Ambrose and everyone going for that Intercontinental title, Raw and Smackdown, he was in commentary. And like it was funny the first couple of times, but then they just repeated the jokes. And you know it's Vince feeding them these jokes, going, repeat that joke, repeat that joke. And it just got to the point where you're just like, I hate R-Truth so much and it, I, I hated him after it as well he can never hate the truth Craig Maverick does <laughs> well, he, well, he crashed that man's wedding that day and that man's laughing his head off inside no I did like I liked him before it I liked him when he was in the Golden Truth trying to recruit uh, Goldust it's just in this time period I absolutely hated it that swing that way <laughs> See, you so let's bring up again the R-Truth the wedding. How did Drake Maverick actually talk as much as he's doing it? She's a wrestler as well. A bit. 
And it was test after, the worthy. It was after the worthy. I but still, he's trying to talk somebody into that. You probably get paid a lot for it. To be fair, it's the reason you get paid for it. Drake Maverick's kind of in the same club as used to, the punching above category. That's not a real message. In terms of height as well. I think they actually, in fairness, like, in the winner for the No Shit Sherlock Award here, it wasn't his actual wedding part thing, they did it and then went back. Yeah, they did it Because they announced, do you, Drake Maverick, Take her to be your lovely wife. <laughs> her, she doesn't get a name. She was in the Mayor Classic. She's in WWE canon. I know, but it's like, I'm really surprised they actually said she has to. It doesn't matter. This shows how great this tournament was. Can we focus on, on? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is how bad this tournament was. We need to show in the 24 tournament title. We're focusing on this, a semi final rather than the actual the, winner. See, the thing about it though, see, they had the final between Barrett and Neville. Two English guys, you know, but yeah. Neville had just been called up. He needed this probably more than Barrett. He had a cape. He already had the cape. And he had pyro. And he had pyro, yes. And it's just like, why did they not give it to him? No, they gave and it to him. And they which is kind of like regal colours. Because they were saving it for the king of the cruise days. Wade Barrett has literally got the worst post King of the Ring run ever. Yeah. Because he ends up in that feud involving Stephen Amell, which he loses. No, no, and before that, he ends up in the feud with R Truth, where R Truth. Is that his absolute worst? Yeah, but he's he's literally the sidekick to Stardust. Mm-hmm. He then ends up in the League of Nations. God, that went nowhere. <laughs> oh God, do you remember? Which the, had so much potential spell at the start, mm-hmm. and then just aye. Remember he's he's cosmic king because yeah. he's with Stardust. So aye. you need a you need a space thing. I'll be the cosmic king. You were king of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> that just shows how it just shows how badly handled. And then less than a year later, he's gone. You know. Mm-hmm. It's just so poorly booked, yeah. I mean, a couple of years earlier, when you had the Nexus angle to take over Raw, mm-hmm. take over SmackDown, he's in all the main events for about four months running. It's 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 he had so many like halted pushes. Mm-hmm. It was like they just did not want to push him over that it's, edge. It's not even that. See, at this point, he's, he's absolute worst as well because <clears throat> he loses by DQ to Ambrose. He then gets beat every week by Artruth, Ambrose, Brian, Stardust, Harper. Everyone that's the entire time. Yeah. Before it's around about that time, poor as well. Mm. He's he enters the as Intercontinental Champion on a massive losing streak to Mania. Doesn't get his rematch because Brian gets injured. Loses on the pre-show of Extreme Rules, which was two, Extreme Rules. That's what it was two days before he beats Neville in the final. Neville beats him on the pre-show, and then the match for the King of the, the prestigious King of the Ring crown between Artruth and um, Barrett. Barrett is on the battleground kickoff. Mad. It's just so bad. And see, did they not do a special one-off elimination chamber pay-per-view that year? And he was eliminated first. Yes. That was. Oh, and the whole booking of that went to pot because Mark Henry's pod door broke open, mm-hmm. and they just messed everything up. Uh, well, in fairness, it's like, well, I'm free. I, I, I kind of have yeah. to go out. <laughs> they were basically just calling spots on the night, like, on, like as it was going on. It was. Oh, it was. It like, just all fell apart. Like I said. Right, I've got some bad news. That's the best thing he did. That was a great gimmick. His King of Bad News shirt was actually pretty pretty neat. Well, we're talking about obviously needing original content for the network. Neville's match with Sheamus goes five and a half minutes. And the longest thing of the night is the brawl that ensues between Dolph Ziggler and Sheamus because he costs them the match. Mm-hmm. Then R-Truth and Bad News Barrett. Bad News Barrett eventually gets his one win out of a thousand matches <laughs> against R-Truth that lasts four minutes. And then the final last seven minutes. You're like, you need content for the network. It's rushed, yeah. And it's it's rushed, it's it's just bad. And we talk about Brock Lesnar, he'd only been in the company three months. 
Neville was coming off the NXT Championship run. He just debuted. Surely this would have been better than mm. you know mm. the next month at Beast in the East. Job Ke- Kevin Owens has been called. <coughs> Kevin Owens has been called up that year as well. Why not just have a surprise entry and put him in it if you want? Well, he like two weeks later he debuts and beats John Cena. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he did get his own sort of breakout moment. But do you think Kevin Owens would have suited a King of the Ring win as well? KKO. Yeah. I think Owens could pull off. King KO. Yeah. I think he's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? And the guy who, who does a promo that well as well as yeah. another. I mean, he, Let's be honest, he'll own that. He will yeah. own it, yeah. As long as he doesn't call himself King Owen, Kevin Owens King, and he's going to become. <laughs> as long as he doesn't do that, he'll be fine. I think what Kevin Owens was going to be one of the guys who. The reason they never gave him it is because he didn't need it. He didn't no. need that. He didn't need the King of the Ring. He held him up. He had. He wanted to get back himself, especially coming out with the, the NXT title mm. and challenging. Seeing that, he already went. Show it. This guy doesn't need anything else. Just let him go himself, and that he can do. So, yeah. Feel bad for him. He had so much potential as well, and I think he's in an interview he said about um, the whole Nexus against Team Cena thing. And he went, John Cena was saying, "Well, this will do that." He went, basically squashes. I mean, that'll kill our momentum. And it was, I think it was Edge. It was that team as well. No, don't, don't, John, don't do this finish. And John Cena went ahead and went, no, no, we'll do, we'll do this finish. And then after it, John Cena went, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I'm like, well, too late now. You've just killed Barrett's momentum. It's, it's not even that, though. Like, you can't just pinpoint it that one. There's so many things to do with Wade Barrett that just kill him. And it's when, they, it's when they get rid of the bad news thing because it was getting yeah. too over. Yeah. Yeah, like. And it, they did not spawn the JBL and Cole show as well. Yeah. yeah. And as much as Artruth's great now, see when you're, you've just won King of the Ring and Artruth's is his lowest interest point, you know, he wasn't getting fan reaction this time. Now he's the hottest thing in WWE. He's just. He shouldn't be losing on the pre show mm. to people. You should be challenging for all titles again. Level at that point. <laughs> I didn't really like after I thought they released them long ago. But see the whole twenty four seven thing. Mm-hmm. I honestly think it's the funniest thing going. Mm-hmm. See on the airplane mm-hmm. where he was going to put lifting people's towels out, like <laughs> I was pissing myself through the whole lot. I think they missed fuck. an opportunity. Hold swag- swaggle. <laughs> I hold swaggle. <laughs> they missed an opportunity to not have them lift a blanket back and it's someone like Triple H or Vince McMahon going, put it back. Was it Edgar Gosh the Mojo Riley? Shut up. His eyes open. He blanket at me. It's the one thing it's see when I YouTube on SmackDown, like this uh, this week it was like multiple superstars won the twenty four seven title and it's like that that is it. That, I've not watched the Undertaker thing yet. I've watched the twenty four seven title. It's like the hardcore championship booking, almost like five people went, went at one night. Yeah. One of the Facebook pages is the Napole. Who is with the better? If you like a twenty four seven champion, Crash Holly or Artruth? Artruth losing that poll. Yeah, because Crash, Crash Holly was, wow. amazing, so. Crash Holly was, as, was Crash, amazing. It's Crash Holly was amazing. It's unfair to compare them right now. Artruth just started. Crash Holly. But I say that. I say Drake Maverick is the new Crash Holly. Yeah. Yes. Let's uh, let's save the twenty four seven to chat for another show. But um, yes, twenty four seven show. Got one more. Th- got one more thing. Can before. we talk about the European forty eight seven TV championship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That should be the new King of the Ring title. Uh, but going going forward with the the King of the Ring tournament, um, 
again, I'll, I'll open this up to everybody. Do you think, um, since we discussed the Queen of the Ring sort of fantasy booking last week, we said there's been rumours around that it could happen. I might pick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know Twice, that. Twice, absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, we've seen quite a bit of a revival with these sort of network special tournaments, such as Cruiserweight Classic. We've had two May Young Classics now, which has uh, all gone off uh, pretty well. Do you, is, is, do you think there's an opportunity for maybe King of the Ring to come back in this format? No. Yes. 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 I, 100%. Uh, could you elaborate on that? <laughs> I, I, totally I feel it should be a pay-per-view. Back to a pay-per-view. It needs to be a pay-per-view. But where is it? Oh, sorry, I agree with that. I should be a pay-per-view, a special. I, 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 special thing. It would work, I, but it's not. It's a king of the thing. It's like, we talked about before we came on here. No, it's like, it was like the fifth major if you want to call it, if you want to compare like Wrestlemania, Rumble, SummerSlam, so actually as the majors of WWE, this was the fifth one that should be and a special isn't for me, it's not going to cut it, it should be a special, it should be a pay-per-view May, June, even July time to get that lull of the summer. But you've got money in the bank now, that's the one issue with that yeah. one, you need, you need to kind of, money in the bank's kind of took a place in that area of the calendar, you need to maybe put it somewhere, maybe even between SummerSlam and the Royal Rumble. I think we have the Royal Rumble to determine who in the main roster, male and female, go on at WrestleMania. I think the night before the Royal Rumble, NXT should present King of the Ring. NXT take over King of the Ring and the winner gets the WrestleMania weekend world title match. Ooh. Like, it's, in- it's interesting because NXT, oh, NXT, <laughs> NXT have got the, they're currently doing that break the breakout tournament. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is a fantastic idea to kind of help get the new guys and the winner gets a title match. Yeah, exactly. So kind of similar idea works with that one, but you can even put the established guys in that. Even mm-hmm. if you were to do it in the main roster, you would need to do it somewhere to get the guys who have not quite hit that level that yet. Guys like this, for example, your Ricochets, Alistair Blacks, guys like that who need something to kind of help. Because mm-hmm. the issue that WWE has got now is you've got these guys who we all know are great, but they don't present them in a way that makes you believe that they could become world champion. Good. King of the Rings is the easiest way to do it. On that note as well, well, Scott from the team has also written an article on a home, on a fantasy homecoming tournament, so you can check that on our website. Uh, so I've got another wacky booking. I know it may be controversial saying this what is now. Let's get rid of the two battle royals at WrestleMania and have the final there. That'd be a show. That's as long as you don't relegate it to pre show. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. That's the, that's the problem. That's a big thing. See, See I, I, I do like that idea because where's the bigger place to have it than WrestleMania? SummerSlam. No, no, because WrestleMania is bigger than SummerSlam. Let me finish my thought here, Dave. Sorry. But at the same time, there's so much happening at WrestleMania that sometimes it gets lost in the yeah. shuffle. Like, you know, so much happened this year that, you know, I forgot Batista had a match at WrestleMania because mm. so much went down at WrestleMania this year. Sometimes stuff like that gets lost in the shuffle. Also, we briefly mentioned it's what impact on the whole thing one night. Yeah. See, the idea, as some some of Stephen said, the idea I had th- if they brought back King of the Ring is NXT has qualifiers, one guy for there goes through. Two o five has qualifiers, one guy for that goes through. One guy for Raw, one guy for SmackDown. You have the semi-finals on that show. Mm-hmm. So one guy's getting represented for two o five. One guy's got NXT, one's Raw, and one's SmackDown. You've got all your four brands represented. Put your guy who thinks doing really really well in that tournament gets the other brand exposure because somebody might watch it and go I don't really watch 205 then you see Buddy Murphy or Cedric Alexander going at it with 
somebody who can just pull it as fast as they can. See with that idea you're saying there actually, now with the, with the wild card rule, we've kind of got the Raw and SmackDown kind of crossing over. Aye. What if instead of having a separate one for Raw and SmackDown, you just have the one for that and throw in NXT UK into that as well? Mm-hmm. Then you've got a main roster, then you've got kind of four separate kind of tournaments to kind of decide who's going from NXT UK, who's going from NXT, who's going from 205 Live, who's going from the main roster. Then you do that idea and to kind of cross it over. So as well, obviously I like the fact that Kofi Kingston fought for the WWE title this year, but they kind of dragged the story out a wee bit because we all knew it was going to be Kofi. Why not have the King of the Ring instead of Elimination Chamber? Because we always go, Elimination Chamber should be dragged out to like punish a champion who's dodging all comers like Alexa Bliss when she was dodging all comers it's like well by the way you've not defended the title in three months so you're going to be in there with five women defending your title have because the WWE title matches at like Fastlane and Elimination Chamber we all know the champ's going to retain the, you know, the WrestleMania main events booked months in advance so for whatever brand didn't win say Smackdown as of this year have the King of the Ring tournament as the next pay-per-view and then you can go right the winner of the King of the Ring fights for the title that the Rumble winner didn't want to fight for. There you go. You could spin that and go, put the WWE champion in there. For example, you're WWE Smackdown, put the WWE champion in. Potential new champion that night. WWE champion can go out in the first round. New champion. You just patterned that quite well with that, uh, the G1. G1, the G1 tournament, the, the champion goes in that one and mm-hmm. they have title matches in with the tournament. Uh, I think just a Champions League format, group stage then knockouts. Date in a year. Some of the, the older tournaments actually featured the WWE champion in the in the tournament, mm-hmm. so it's it's not a, an unusual some, concept. Some of the Rumble, the Rumble used to have the champion as well. Hogan was champion, he won the Rumble. So. Of course he was. <laughs> You're talking to, I'm also jokingly about the Champions League format. And TNA did have the road to Bound for Glory. Mm-hmm, that was good. And that tournament was drawing your, your top eight guys fighting each other week in, week out for about three months. And whoever had top four of the most points, they went to two semi finals to your final. And that was your guy who went to fight at their version of the yeah, WrestleMania. It, it was really, really well done. It's kind of what they did with the mixed match challenge as well. I don't see why they couldn't do the yeah, same with <laughs> King of the Ring. Then they have the final and then the screw finish and it goes to VAR. Yeah. <laughs> the match goes back. The Charles Robson gets running down and goes, no. They actually did do. They actually did use VAR at one point. I think Mike Kyoto was uh, checking like a screen that was immediately right side. Messina. Messina. Wheel team rule. No. No. Was that the I quit match? Aye. No. Dolph. Uh, no Dolph Ziggler. Alberto Del Rio. Jack Swagger. Twenty thirteen. Oh, throw the towel. Yeah. The, the throw the towel in match. And Zeb Coulter took Ricardo's towel and threw it in, and VAR, but he was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> checking the screen, you're like, no, no, piss yeah. off, he lost. <laughs> yeah. I think the kind of point we're all making is, see that they bring it back, there's so much potential to mm-hmm. bring it back. And do it properly, yeah. Because right. the world's colliding to them as well, mm-hmm. it's brilliant, because see that idea of the Battle Royal, first two, you just have a match, then the ones after that, and then right. match straight to that. Mm-hmm. You kind of watch going, oh, and then you see somebody go out, and then you go, oh, please put him out next, because you're thinking, like, Matt Riddle, and then you're like, oh, please, somebody put it, be done, put it, be done, somebody put it, be done, and then you're like, oh, well, do you know what, that'll still be a good match anyway. It's, it's good, because you could, any of the ideas, you could end up having some great cross-promotion match, I mean, the, and the unlikely scenario that Brock Lesnar wins the, like, gets in from the main roster, and then he gets that chance to fight Riddle, and that's the match, we can, the, the excuse for that to happen, I mean, as much as we'd love to see Riddle versus... Lesnar and Riddle tap him out. It's not going to happen. No. So, <laughs> anytime soon. Anyway. Well, anytime. As well as that, WWE's drop. at this moment is oversaturated with talent and they're being wasted. So, this is something that will help like a Finn Balor 
Yeah, I'll stop that. I wouldn't say Ricochet because Ricochet's kind of slapping that up off momentum now with the US title. Nakamura is perfect example. Rusev. again. Um, Bobby Lashley could probably do with something less. Uh, same Cesaro. with Braun, Cesaro, Braun Strowman. No, that's just me spitballing names there. You could throw Cedric Alexander or something like that. Some, Murphy, some right? of these guys, what about you imagine that sort of tournament happening over one pay per view, or if you want to go bigger, you want to make it 16, then you do it over maybe the qualifiers one night and Raw, make the whole Raw. And then, or and then the whole SmackDown, and then you put the pay per view. This potential is massive, one. Mm. Keith Lee versus Samoa Joe. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that'd be a qualifier, that'd be a final. That'd be tremendous. Definitely. It's, it's mouthwatering that prospect, the thought of it. AJ versus Adam Cole. Baby. Oh, oh that would just. See, I mean, this, this is the thing I don't understand. You know, there's so much good stuff you can do with it. Gargano, Val. Nakamura, oh. Gargano. Oh. I've talked about the Champions League format. Even if you, if you say you've got four groups, four groups of uh, four, you've got one group on two groups on Raw because it's the girls. One group on uh, SmackDown, one group on Two Hundred Five Live, and then the winner of each group. You know, every three weeks, you know, the, the matches happen. Each person fights each person once, and the four winners go into the pay per view. And there you go. You've got. Two Raw, SmackDown, and uh, NXT. You get a shot then, or? Yeah. No, two uh, NXT or WWE yeah. tournament. I- I'll leave them if I want. It's my fucking fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it does happen. You're never going to see NXT. No, you're not. Smart, but there's still so much potential just for the two shows. Our final. Our is going to be Shane McMahon versus Shane McMahon <laughs> taking on the winner of Shane McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Versus one half of the revival. Hang on, Shane, did you just pin yourself? Did you lose? Well, I won really. I mean, I'm not the best in the world, but you lost. Just Shane lying in the ring like his leg. Hang on, two on, I can't do it, I need to kick up. <laughs> hey, folks, I have received a memo that I need to do this. Introducing the king of the world. <laughs> You don't imagine he won the Piss and World Cup, it's not, it's not much of a stretch. You mean the US Open? <laughs> yeah, it was that World Cup. Sorry, I'm just looking at the specs of my autogram, it's quick, quick, quick. I'm saying that. I love the fact you went and, and format me, I'm doing the like, thing. It's like so small, so small, something you've heard. But, um,. Yeah, this is, these are all like fantastic ideas going round. Um, but I'd li- I'd like to get like a definitive answer from each of you about if they were to bring back, say, a King of the Ring tournament, what format should they do it in, and which brands should be open to it. So I'll start with you, Stephen. I'll go with the one I said. Yeah, uh, you get the combined Raw and SmackDown one, the two NXTs and the two five have their own mini tournaments. How many? One of each. How many will be in it? Like how many individuals? Uh, eight from each brand, and then the winners go to the fight. For four, go to the pay per view. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Raw, SmackDown, two hundred five, sixteen men, and four groups of four. Uh, and the winner of each group goes on the pay per view. Okay. And they have the final four. So one from each brand, essentially. Uh, no, two for Raw. All right. Okay. Raw show. But I, uh, two groups in Raw, one group in SmackDown, one group in two hundred five. Do that over three weeks, and then the final is the final four. I can see a bit of dream scenario, but because it's WWE, we know the story of writing and the way they work is abysmal at the moment. Just for simplicity and the fact that we know they can cock up quite easily. Raw SmackDown, 
and just pack your top four mid carders, put them together, make it simple, and if you can, make it a pay per view. Okay, and Strap? Uh, my idea is the one that Wilson stole. Um, <laughs> no, I'd do, I'd do the same. I'd NXT 205, Raw and SmackDown. You've got the guys who are competing for that, and then it would be basically one person representing each brand. And I would still make it a King of the Ring pay per view, and I would have obviously the, the semi finals, then your final. But you could also, with that, you've got maybe, as you say, either world champ and the universe champ the night half, because you've got the final to contend on. Um, and then obviously, you could probably put in your, beef up your smack, the, the tag team, the tag titles in that pay per view as well. So much stuff you could do with it, but. Shinsuke Nakamura as the king of strong style, but he looks like he's entering a feud for them to come out on title. And I'm very happy for that feud to happen. Dave, you've not spoken a moment. Would you like to give your opinion back? Here we speak now. I, I also choose Nakamura. I'll go black. Alistair Black. Oh, you, Steve? I was quite excited. Did you just say Alistair Black? Alistair Black. I don't want to hear Speaking about the Sorry, I, sorry. Just, I was not skipping that. No, I just, I just, so my brain just went, what did Wilson just say? <laughs> Alistair. Black. Tommy End. <laughs> uh, you, like I say, I'll go End now. Um, <laughs> no, I, I would honestly say Finn Balor, but only the demon, because he keeps the demon king. So uh, yeah. imagine how much amped up it would be if it was actually. But then you would know he would win as soon as No, the first matches is Bala, the last match is Demon. Oh, okay. I, like, I totally agree with Stratton there. I love the fact that every one of us, except for Quacko, has picked Smackdown Superstar. No, I'll just Smackdown. Yeah, just Smackdown. Just because they're a wild card, he's everywhere. Just, I, it is on Smackdown, it's just the fact that they're doing more title changes on Raw. I just feel seeing you watch Raw, see the pressure of the superstars comes through the telly. Look at AC3. Oh, oh I feel so bad for that guy. We feel help, so bad for him. Mm. I like six seconds. Uh, anyway, um, that's going to sort of wrap things up for our history of the King of the Ring and how we see it going forward. Uh, next week we have the Half Year Review Show hosted by Ross, yes, the defending champion. 
Well, I say defending, but hey, oh, 24-7 applies. Uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, that does that real? It's not a thing. It's 24-7. I love how you went defending as if, as if you fought everyone in this room when you were champion. It's a sweepstakes title. Can I ask, is the spare tin holder going to be? Uh, you can cash on the host. And she's not on that show. No, you can. You can. You can. It's just, I wonder if she was on it. She's not on that show. Those got piss on Thanks to our panel, Stephen. Thank you. Ross. Thank you. Alan. Cheers, mate. Strack. If this title is 24 7, he's getting done in the car park. Title just next tape. And our EP back as well. Oh my god. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you subscribe next week. God save you. Yeah, so be sure to follow us on. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. Make sure you're subscribed uh, on iTunes, Spotify, all good Android podcasting sites. And don't forget to check out the website and all our great material that we've got on there. Uh, we'll see you next week. Good night. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online. You should be subscribing. You should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now!